Hello, it's Richard Herring here. Welcome to my podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. And my stand-up tour is about to begin. Can I have my ball back? First stand-up tour in six years. Many of you just know me from the podcast. Don't know, I've done 14 or 15 stand-up tours in my own right. I'm a brilliant stand-up comedian. And can I have my ball back? I think it's my best show ever. That's what the audiences are saying. It's about testicular cancer, but it's funny because testicles are funny, even though cancer isn't. Uh, I'm really pleased with it. I'd love you to come and see it. Bring your friends. Some of the shows selling really well. Some of them selling really badly. It's a traditional Richard Herring tour. But here's where I'm going to be. 2nd of May, Thursday at the Luton Hat Factory. It's a small venue, but there are still tickets left. 3rd of May, I'm at the Berry Hedge End, which is near Southampton. That's looking more full, but still some availability. 8th of May, I'm at the Leicester Square Theatre. There's about 10 tickets left for that one, though I am back at the Leicester Square Theatre in June. And then I'm at St Albans on the 9th, Gloucester on the 10th. Chorley Little Theatre on the 11th, that's sold out, but you can join the waiting list. And then the 12th of May, I'm at Glasgow, afternoon show sold out. Evening show, extra show, put on, still with tickets. And then there's lots more. Go to richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs. And now enjoy whatever podcast I've given you. It's free. It's all for you. If you want to pay me back, buy a book, come and see a show. That's all I've got to say to you. Love you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has been to church in the last 24 hours. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello, my fine friends. Welcome. I'm kind of... I want to say welcome to Series 25 of Rahalas, but we're going to... Oh, yeah, well done. I messed up. Uh, but um, this one isn't going out first in the series, so I, it, it's welcome to Episode 2 of Series 25, it's motherfuckers, of uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I can call it that, can't I? But I was... Because we're in the Leicester Square Theatre. I'll get used to it again. Just it's a little while. It's two weeks since I did this. <laughs> been a little longer since I've been at Leicester Square. Uh, I was talking to Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie the other day. Uh, they they call it Raleigh Street. Remember them? <laughs> Remember them? Yeah, good. That's good. It was a good one. I was pleased with that myself. Um, and uh, what's been going on is I I went to ch- I was tricked into going to a church service. 
uh, yesterday uh, because my friend's child was being christened and I thought we'd been invited to a christening. But they were, they were tricky, aren't they, the Christians? <laughs> They're tricky. It wasn't just a christening. That was They stuck it in the middle of a service, so I had to sit through the whole thing. And then and once it was over, I couldn't leave. couldn't just leave. I, I, just, uh, I had to sit through a load of other fucking shit as well. So it's... <laughs> And it was quite triggering for me because as a kid I used to go to church and I didn't, li- I didn't like it. And there were nicer people than uh, the people in my church in, in Cheddar. It didn't feel quite as awesome. Maybe, you know, I think when you're a kid it's, it's so awful having to sit through a boring church service. And when you're older it's, the, the minutes go a little bit uh, quicker. But um, there was the one bit that upset me of the church service was uh, that they said prayers for, you know, people around the world who are going through a difficult time. And the first one, the first prayer they gave was to Boris Johnson and his family <laughs> going through a difficult period and they were just about to... <laughs> exactly. I didn't think that was appropriate. To... And, then, and then whoever was to take over, they gave a prayer to them. I felt that was a bit partisan and not... And I thought that God, you know, probably has his eye on Johnson anyway. He doesn't need to... <laughs> prepping arrangements for his eternity. Uh, I'm going to be in the same place as Boris Johnson, which has made me think about changing my ways. That's a punishment. Um, but they, it struck me that those prayers that they give are just sort of ancient versions of the kind of concerned tweets you get on Twitter when something bad happens. It's just, oh, you know, I hope everyone in Pakistan's okay because of the floods. That's how I've done, done my bit. Because that's all it was. Oh, you know, God, you know, look after the people in Pakistan. I've done my bit now because I've prayed for those people. I don't have to actually... Uh, all the people in Ukraine, I hope... I mean, God has got the power to actually stop those things happening at all. It seems weird to be going to God, oh, please look after the people, like God hasn't noticed. Oh, thanks, I didn't... Why didn't anyone tell me about Pakistan? This is the first prayer I've had about this. I should sort that out, all those people being drowned and stuff in Ukraine. Um, it could be that, could it? Uh, but uh, I did check uh, the news after we came out of the church and uh, it was still the same. So the, the, prayer, the prayer worked about as well as your concern tweets about anything. Uh, the main thing um, I wanted to talk about, uh, from they, they, one of the hymns they sang was, Oh, Jesus, I have promised, which we used to sing at school. Now, there's not enough of you maybe to make this work, but can you all sing for me, Oh, Jesus, I have promised... Do you know who knows the, who knows the hymn? Oh, Jesus, I promise. Shout out! Oh, not that many, not that many of you. I won't do it then because there's not enough of you know it. But they didn't. They there's like I, I was aware of two tunes to Oh Jesus, I promise. Right? There's Oh Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. Okay, and that's the traditional. Don't shake your head at me. The problem with you young kids is you know you were you were brought up not to have religion in school, so you didn't have to do it. But then when I was a kid at Fens Middle School, they had a different tune, and it was the, it was the one assembly you'd look forward to because it was the slightly cool... It was, a, it was almost like a pop song. It was like, Oh, Jesus, I have promise to serve thee to thee, and bum, 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 bum. In this church service, they did a, diff, a third tune. It was a different... I can't even tell you what the tune was. Why is, oh, Jesus, I have promised? And I'm aware now, I've asked if you've heard of it, that this is a, a redundant piece of observational comedy. <laughs> Why? I asked Eleanor Morton backstage if she, what, if, she, if she said she hadn't heard of it. So I, that should have been the, <laughs> the key. I was thinking of doing an hour-long show about, oh, Jesus, I have promised. I genuinely was. For one person. For one, per- for the one person. Well, that's how things are going, David. So, yeah, it's... it's but it's just that like you're allowed to do any, any 
Just any tune. The... Oh, Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. No. Just anyone, you're allowed. What's going on with Oh, Jesus, I have promised? That's my question to you. All right. Oh, yeah, I can do it to anything. I'm good. That's what I'm going to make my guests sing it. Yeah. Um, I've got the lyrics here. Let me... I'll do the whole thing to you, just to punish you. Does it, does it work? Okay, you've done it. Let's see. Oh, Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end. It works too well. Be thou forever dear me. Good, it? Well done, mate. I was going to make it uh, unnecessarily complicated for people, but that is good. So anyone who wants, you can just do it. You can do uh, yesterday. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, fuck it. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with the copyright issues. I did happy birthday, though, so I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, anyway, let's crack on. I, I had more about, oh, Jesus, I promised. Might <laughs> just do it. Uh, <laughs> it just, it, 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 sh- it shows that, you know, when you go into... Uh, religion, it's, sort of the, it's the self-blame of religion I don't like, and that's in Jesus I promised. I see the sights that dazzle, the tempting sounds I hear. Would you imagine those sounds are? I can't, I can't, think, why, I can't think what sound. A small moan. Well, that's one thing. All I can think is it's like listening through someone's keyhole at someone else having sex, which isn't a very religious thing to... Oh, I can hear some tempting sounds. I'm not really tempted by sound, are you? I'm not... There's a lot of audio files listening to this. Here we go, of course I am. My foes are ever near me, around me, and within. It's like saying there's no fucking escape from evil. It's, inside, it's saying that sin is implicit. It's inside you. There's nothing you can do. And so rather than saying, oh, that probably means that things that are said to be sins are just natural instincts that we shouldn't punish people for. No. No, we're going to... All right. I'm cross about having gone to a church service. Okay, we're going to crack straight on. We'll forget all about this. Oh, Jesus. Thank God this isn't the first episode of this series. Uh, I'd like you to welcome my second guest of this series 25. She feels like the first, though, and uh, she's probably best known uh, for their appearance as the lingerie co-worker in the Chronicles of Kirk. (laughs) Chronicles spelt with a K. I'm not sure, and there's three Ks in Chronicles of Kirk, so I'm not sure what it was about. She said she wouldn't do any racist material when she came with backstage. Will you please welcome the incredible Eleanor Morton, ladies and gentlemen. Eleanor Morton, the Chronicles of the Kirk. Come off of the Chronicles of the Kirk. There you go. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are how'd you? you? How do you feel about my Oh Jesus, I have promised material that you, I... you were poo-pooing backstage? I have no reference frame for it, <laughs> um, but it sounded very okay. good. All right. sounded really good. Thanks, Eleanor. Uh, so, lovely <laughs> to see you. Thanks for coming along. Thanks uh, for having me. You've been sick today? I have been a little bit sick today. Yeah, are you feeling better now? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Not with COVID or anything. No, there's not COVID, it's not, not COVID. COVID. But when you say that, then, um, yeah. then people think it, you have got COVID. Yeah. But I don't have COVID. I mean, it might be something worse than COVID. That's and, true. And That's and nice, isn't contagious. it? contagious. Yeah, it might be, yeah, it could be uh, Ebola, do you remember that? <laughs> it could be Ebola. Throwback. <laughs> Could be, could be monkeypox, that's the next one. Could be monkeypox. By the time this goes out, monkeypox. Yep. Everyone will have it. <laughs> um, can you tell us anything about the Chronicles of Kirk? Mm. Yeah, actually, it was, um, it was a blap. If anyone knows what a blap is, okay. it's um, Channel 4's... Uh, I didn't think this dress would be as... Uh, hang on, oh, cover the knees. Um, great radio. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a Channel 4 blap, which is like a thing they do, like a short... 
you know, they, they're like, we don't think you're funny enough to have a series. Here's like 15 minutes. And then they think, oh, you are funny, um, but we don't have any money. So we're not going to make anything else. <laughs> um, and my friend James Kirk, who is very funny, and one, so you think you're funny, in, I want to say 2010? Oh, right. okay. A long time ago. Um, it's, it was his one, and he's a very funny actor who is... He was in 24. He's been what? in Outlander. What? I know. All he was the in the Chronicles of Kirk. In the well. Chronicles of Kirk. <laughs> and uh, he said, do you want to play a bit part in this? And I had to play woman in, woman in lingerie work, warehouse, which I don't think is a thing. <laughs> I don't think if you wear lingerie, you want to think of it being kept in a warehouse. Um, but uh, And he had to hold up some pants, and I had to just look at him in a judgy way. That sounds good. So that was an afternoon. That's good. I think you'd be good at that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 80 quid and wow. uh, just up the road from my uni, so... Perfect. All nice good. day out. Nice All day good. out. Well, that's what you're best known from, so that is good. Um, <laughs> I have been very much enjoying, and, I've, and today I'm going back over through them, uh, your online content, so I want to talk to you about first of all. Yeah, you can do that. Which is very, very funny. Thank you. Um... How long have you been doing that? Because so, there was a few that were quite... Well, there, it was, there's a few things I found on YouTube that seemed like quite a few years old. Yeah, there was a period where everyone was trying to get online and everyone's agent was like, do online stuff. And we were all <laughs> like... Ah. And um, I did make a couple of things about five years ago and was a bit scared of releasing them and then... Uh, uh, didn't really do any more. And then the pandemic hit and I stopped caring. And then <laughs> it's amazing how it opens you up creatively. It, well, but you do quite a lot of different things, which, you know, I think the people who kind of burst through often kind of plough one thorough yeah. and stick with it. <laughs> but what I like about you is that there, there are some recurring yes. ideas, which are, are well worth it. The, uh, the, um, the idea of a, uh, was... There's, well, the first one I saw was, did, uh, did Kenneth Graham get his idea for Wind of the Willows from a drunk guy in the pub? Yep. But you've That's done it. One of my personal favourites. Uh, uh, and you've done a few of those. I, I have done those. It's my... Uh, it's, it's me combining my uh, enjoyment of comedy with my uh, desperation for everyone to know more about Scottish authors. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Graham was Scottish, and if you... And I will, I will tell everyone in the world that. Yes. Because uh, no one ever knows that. Well, and but also, but there's a, they're very, you know, they're very literary, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of clever references in these things that oh, I have. But the one that was uh, J.R.R. Tolkien versus C.S. Lewis trying yes. to come up with the most the, the, ridiculous the character name. Yes. I kind of thought you'd made up the character names, no. but then I googled them and yeah. you hadn't made them up. Um, yep. No, the the, the 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 silliest name was uh, I didn't know existed till I googled it, and uh, I think I think he was meant he well it was. Do you remember what it was? It was uh, a teleporno. To- teleporno, which does any? Is there any Lord of the Rings nerds in? They know what which character that was. It was Galadriel's husband. <laughs> that guy. His original name was that. And then I guess his editors were like, "Come on, <laughs> come on, J.R.R.R.R. You can't do that." Um, yeah, no. I always try and you can. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that I'm a big sort of literature nerd and yeah. obviously that was my degree uh massive surprise um uh, i guess i like doing what what, what the kids are calling edutainment <laughs> which is where you laugh and you learn uh, well you do learn a lot so like i've for, i've forgotten is pan really in wind of the willows he is, he is, no, pan a weird, is a character there's a weird chapter in wind of the willows uh that they never put in the 
in the um, adaptations where Ratty and Mole just walking along and then Pan pops up uh, playing his pipes and it all gets weird and kind of Greek and, and sort of um, archaic and dark, not dark, but weird, just weird. Because <laughs> there's a little mole in a waistcoat and then there's Pan and it's... Yeah. Like, he's just throwing it in. You know? Why not? Have a go. You know, you assume with a kid's book no one's going to read that far. Just do, <laughs> do what you want. Uh, anyway, they, they're well worth watching. I mean, you know, you've got a YouTube channel. Not, there's, a, there's many, many uh, of these things up there and they're all very funny. So um, uh, I was trying to think. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci reading his hate mail is a very Historical good one Historical well. hate mail is a series. Yeah. Uh, he was the first one. And I think I liked that because I found out some fun facts. Again, this is all like sort of based in reality is that Leonardo da Vinci would get, was really shit at finishing. He was a real procrastinator. So I'm talking like it would take him a decade to finish uh, a mural. And so he would be constantly getting like l- angry letters from, from patrons being like, uh, my kitchen's still half done. <laughs> and he's like, I know, but I had this idea for this helicopter made of like made of bricks and cheese. And, and, um, uh, and I just thought it was really funny. And I just, you know, I think the thing I like about history is that everyone in history is exactly like everyone is now. And we think of them as quite proper and serious, but they were all people with weird quirks and flaws. And yeah. uh, the, the, the Mark Steele uh, used to do a really good series called um, uh, The Mark Steele Lectures, where he'd do a sort of sketch edutainment show on Radio 4 about, about people like that. And uh, I think that's where I, I sort of picked up my joy in it, finding out how... Just how like annoying and and weird people, like famous people in history were. Yeah, you know, you think of them as being very stoic and and, and learned, but Leonardo was really weird. He was, but there's also an element of uh, you know you maybe venting your own, yes, oh yeah, your definitely. own disappointment at the kind of comments <laughs> that that maybe female comedians get online more than yeah, than male comedians. yeah. You know, it's you've got to remind yourself that most people are very nice and <laughs> and just like are just very nice. And the people who are the worst are just very vocal about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of fun. But uh, no, one's ever, no one's ever sent me any shit in the post, I should say. <laughs> okay, that does good. happen in the sketch. And, okay. uh, well. Not yet. Some, never say never. Uh, <laughs> after uh, tonight. <laughs> my, my, there's definitely some people who listen to this who will be well up for that. Oh, so, uh, oh good. That's, that's fine. So you started stand-up... I mean, you're still very young, yeah. especially when you sit next to someone as decrepit as me. Um, <laughs> I just wear a lot of sun cream. <laughs> but you started stand-up at 18? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That is young to, a young age to start. Yes. What, what drew you into doing stand-up and what? Um, so I was always... So I think I always loved comedy, and, and uh, when I was very young, I used to listen to my dad's... He had all these uh, Radio 4 show tapes, like The Goon Show and... Round the Horn, all these classics, and I got really into that. Um, and then I think I got into stand-up through watching things like Black Books and then finding out that those guys were stand-ups and seeing their stuff. And then I just... Um, I was I was uh, on a school trip and I accidentally swore at a teacher and he said uh, I had to apologise in front of everyone and I kind of turned it into a, th- a stand-up thing and I think that was when I realised, like, oh, I'm really into this. Uh, <laughs> And was the teacher satisfied with that apology? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was fun. He was fun. So it was fine. It was... Uh, but basically, basically long, and, long and short is that I... Because people sometimes go like, oh, you know, you must have been really nervous to start. But I was nervous about everything. 
because I was very anxious. Yeah. So doing stand-up wasn't any scarier for me than, like, going to the shops. <laughs> um, so it just, you know, it didn't feel, didn't feel like a big leap. Well, I was always, you know, I was really anxious about doing stuff like that. Yeah. For a long time, like going to a cafe on my own. Yeah. Or, or going, so often going into a shop. I was, I've had real issues with it. But doing comedy, now, it would, I don't think it ever really... Well, that's, the thing about comedy is it's the opposite of that because you've got all the power. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and people have to, uh, <laughs> have to let you talk at them. Yeah. Um, whereas in real life, those, you know, most comedians, I don't know about you, but most of the ones I know anyway are introverts. Yeah, uh, and that might be surprising to people, but actually, this is this is where they feel the most comfortable, and then in the real world, that's where people are scary. And <laughs> I think that's true, and I suppose you you know what the rules are in, in like yeah. I think the part of the problem is not is it's sort of embarrassing yourself by not knowing what you're meant to be doing. Yes. <laughs> uh, whereas on stage, you sort of even though you might embarrass yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. in front of more people, you at least know what the the rules are, and that. you can sort of pretend it was part of the thing and yeah. then run off stage and. Leave early and so how early? So because you did a show about anxiety, which you can watch on um, Next Up. Oh yes, you've got a couple of shows on Next Up. Yes, uh, that was called Lollipop. It was. Right. Um, so how early on in your career was that? That was when I was twenty-two. Right, and I think that so so I did my first hour when I was twenty-two, and the reason I did that was in in the in the world of comedy, a lot of people spend a lot of time building up to this hour. And they do years of, like, they'll go to the fringe and they'll do, like, 40 minutes. And they'll do, like, 45 minutes. And then, you know, so that they're eligible for the award, basically. Yeah. Um, which we all are guilty of, think, you know, hoping we might win. But it just... And I just thought, if I spend, like, five years building one hour, I'll never do anything else. I'm just going to do it. It's not going to be good. It's not going to win anything. But I'll have it done. And then I can do another one and another one. And it will you know, hopefully get better. So, um so yeah, so people are like, "Whoa, that was that was a crazy young age to do it," and it was. But I think for me, it was probably the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I didn't invite any reviewers or press, but everyone turned up because they were like, "Ooh, you're fresh and young." And then they were like, "Oh, it's not that good, actually." And I was like, <laughs> "I know, I didn't ask you to come." Um, it is actually a very good show, so do, do watch it, please. <laughs> but you know, I I was I didn't go into it with like, "This is my debut. These are my genius thoughts." It was just like, "I want to see if I can do an hour, and I'm going to do an hour, uh, and I could." You could, and I it's could. In, but it's interesting to see that now because it is eight years ago or something. Yeah. It's a while ago, so it's interesting to compare that to you now. It's sort of. It's sort of interesting now that those early stand-up shows mm. often are filmed or recorded in some way and still exist. Yeah, and obviously yeah. this is in quite a high-profile place. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to see how much you've changed in those eight years. Because it's, it's probably... It, it's a very... It's, it's, and, it, and to be fair, not many people were doing the kind of mental illness shows <laughs> eight years ago. And it's about anxiety. No, you can't bloody move <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, like, it was kind of ahead of its time as well. But it, but it's, I'll take that. But uh, it, it is good. I really enjoyed it. Thank but you. it's but it's it's interesting to see how yes. much you've developed in those eight years as well. Yeah, and also just I think being more comfortable on stage and yeah. whole whole. And I used to do more musical comedy, and uh, I don't anymore because it's impossible to be a female musical comedian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone hates everyone hates it. Um, and also, I got tired of carrying things. I'm very lazy. Um, so uh, I'd like to go back to it. But yeah, no, I've, I. It's yeah, it's very different. That was se- seven shows ago. Yeah, right. So you've done it. You've 
It's not every, a show every year, but it's, it, well, it is every year you could probably have done the show. Yes, but. because I'm from Edinburgh and it doesn't cost me nearly <laughs> as much money <laughs> to do a show every year. In fact, if so, you sublet a room, you could be in profit well, quite quickly. I actually moved into my... <laughs> I moved back to Edinburgh and I moved into my flat and the girl I, who'd had it before me, I, who I knew, phoned me and said, the, um, you know, I had to tell... I had to give my kind of... tell my job to the letting agent... And she phoned me saying, they've just phoned me in a panic saying that they think that you're just going to, because you're a comedian, you've just decided you're going to get the the flat for the fringe and then abandon it. And I was like, I'm not, but that's a great idea. Like, (laughs) just rent a normal flat for a normal price for a month and then disappear. Don't do that. It's a very good idea and I'm going to do it next year. That, (laughs) That will make my whole Edinburgh much more enjoyable. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How was uh, Edinburgh this year? You were on at this more or less the same time as my show, so I couldn't come and see yeah, you. Yeah, midday. Do you, yeah. Like, do you like a midday show? I don't mind it. And yeah. I, I, I was on at one doing like a podcast, so it was. I, I, I haven't done stand up that early. I've yeah. done a few shows. Like, I've done shows in the morning. Um, it's a little bit harder. The, I think in the nineties, people used to go and have a have a day planner and watch stuff yeah. all day. And I think it's harder to get people to come and see things in the day now. So. Yeah. Well, and if there's not an app to help yes. them uh, do that. But, yeah, no, I've always had... I always do all my shows sort of early in the day because I think I'm more scared of... Most comedians the other way around, but I'm. if an audience is bad, I'd rather they were sober and quiet than loud and drunk, <laughs> which, I, which I know is, sounds mad, but uh, that's, that's my kink, I guess. So... Um, I think you're always quite... I mean, the shows I've seen, I've seen. I watched a couple of yeah. shows on Next Up and the other stuff I've seen. You're quite brave with your openings. The show, the other show on... <laughs> yeah. The other show on, um, on Next Up, which is called Great Title, Glamorous Photo, yeah. starts with you, like, in the character of, like, an American... Glamorous American stand-up, comedian yeah. stand-up. Which, you know, you sense from the audience watching... <laughs> they aren't quite sure. No. They don't seem sure whether you are you or... I think they've, come, I, they've seen something else. So it's quite a bold decision to start a show as something you're not and taking well, the Mickey as. Well, I actually started my second show as a, as a Geordie tour guide for a mining museum. Um, and I can't remember why. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I think I don't know how to start shows, so I just think <laughs> I'll do ten minutes of character 
and then uh, pretend like if people don't get it, I'll just pretend it didn't happen. But I like because the the audience are like bemused, <laughs> and I like it. I think it's better. You, you, and then it's then they have to work out what's. I think I've got happening. a bit of a yeah. I think I've got a bit of a thing sometimes, which is not really good for my career. But <laughs> what I enjoy is sometimes is confusing people yeah. more than making them laugh. Which again is not. I know that's not <laughs> great, but it's quite fun for me. It's fun as long as they you make them laugh after you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them, yeah which I do. You do, do. But it, the people are laughing, but it, but it's it's a bold decision. Yes, all the same. yes. So I, you can see people are confused, especially yeah. if they've never, especially if they don't really go to any comedy. Well, I think in Edinburgh, you, you know, people come to see people. They take a yeah. chance or something. So they might not have known. Yeah, that and you then weren't an American, a quite bad American comedian. <laughs> it's just me <laughs> or doing quite generic, generic d- d- dick jokes for ten minutes. Yeah, uh, the kind of that I would never do because I am a prude. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can tell the people like, is it an hour of this? <laughs> um, uh, and it wasn't, which is good because I yeah. could only write ten. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I don't know. I just um, I quite like my shows are quite stand up here, apart from. Those kind of bits. So I think I like just having a bit of playing around. Yeah, no, it's but it's good. I'm saying it's a but it's bold and it's what an Edinburgh show or a tour show should mm. be anyway. I think and it's, yeah. and it's and it's and you should be experimenting and finding out. Well, that's what it's for, isn't it? It's like you. That's what the fringe is for. Is is, is and that's why it's nice as an audience member as well to go because sometimes you see stuff and you're like, I don't know if I like that, but I I'm glad I saw it <laughs> because it was totally different and yeah. that's what art should be. I don't know. And so what was uh, this year's show about? Because it was, it was a lockdown show, right? It was, which, which yes. Is, I think, surprisingly, Tim Key did a show about lockdown. Yeah. And not that many people did a, did a lockdown... Sorry, Tim Key did a lockdown <laughs> show. Uh, but uh, he, he, not many people did. It's, it didn't seem to be a theme, which you, you thought it might be. Yeah, I think when, uh, when it was happening, I was thinking, like, lockdown, it, uh, not the show, um, I was thinking, oh, everyone's going to do a lockdown show and everyone's going to be sick of hearing about it and talking about it and, you know, and then what am I going to talk about? Um, but it was sort of, it was sort of about uh, the very British problem I think we have with uh, justifying having a rest, which is sort of what the pandemic was. Yeah. Um, feeling, feeling like we should be productive all the time and doing something all the time and suddenly having two years where we didn't do anything. Um, and also... How do you square a very traumatic uh, global catastrophe in which you had quite a nice time? <laughs> How do you deal with that? And I think quite, there was a few people who did have quite a nice... Did anyone here have quite a nice time? Yeah, yeah you see? This, it it was so in ways... Because also I sort of got, um, you know, I got internet successful, uh, quote-unquote, at that point, and I did a whole bunch of other stuff that I think has made my life better. So it's that kind of thing of, like, if we hadn't had a terrible pandemic, uh, would I be sad? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that, not, I did, some shit did happen, to clarify, to justify that. I, you know, it was all great. 175,000 people died. <laughs> I meant to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Yes, it's like the guilt of that. And then also it's sort of about... Well, there's obviously a load of jokes in it as well. Because I feel like when you... when I can never describe fringe shows and make them sound funny. 
because I was no, like, going hard. to the it's theme hard. and stuff. It's hard, but you don't, you don't, you don't have to. But it's you don't have to do that. But it's um, it's interesting. And it was, there's a you climbed a mountain. Is that what, I is climbed, that what you did in lockdown? Uh, a mountain in Scotland called Shahalian, which was going to be the title of the show, and then my agent was like, "People don't know what that means." Um, <laughs> and so obviously we can't have any Scottish words at the end of a fringe. Uh, that that would be mad. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, it was it was about doing that and how that that was my only achieve, achievement for the year, um, and how I felt like I should be doing more somehow. Um, I think that's probably quite a Scottish thing as well, like um, the Presbyterian work ethic of you know like just constantly having to justify a sit down or just any kind of relaxation. You know, you've got to be out there doing stuff. So it was a difficult time for Scottish people. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're all okay. guilty about having a little rest. And how, as a, as an Edinburgh resident, yeah, how did you how did you feel? I mean, it's sort of weird. The Fringe only finished like a week mm. ago, right? So it's, it, it's ten thousand years in comedian. It time. is. Well, it's such a weird, weird thing. I mean, I, I it's it feels endless while you're there, and yeah. then it feels like it didn't happen the yeah. minute you've left. So it's a weird like time distortion. Uh, so it's weird to think it's only a week ago since it's finished. But do you did you? I mean, obviously there was the the bin strike, which has been bin strike, yes, that's been sorted Resolved, out now, which is great. I just it just sort of happened. I was just leaving, and as I, the couple of days before I was leaving, I was thinking, I remember smelling a bit bad yeah. this year, but I just put it down to the the hot weather. Yeah, I the first couple of days I just thought Edinburgh looked shit because Edinburgh does tend to look shit halfway through the fringe. Yeah. Uh, and then I realised it was actually industrial action happening. <laughs> <laughs> this was on purpose. Um, it wasn't just 10,000 tourists dropping chip wrappers everywhere. But, um, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it got a bit grim towards the end because my show was in the Cowgate, and if you know Edinburgh, that's like a sort of... Um, uh, sort of... Like a giant alley, I would describe, in the old town, which is like this sort of... And in the rest of the year, like it's not like a fun place to hang out. It's like got it's quite a staggy, henny place. It's just got bars and pubs, and that's it. So it was it's already not a great place to hang out. And then walking through it every day to get to the, my venue was a bit. Um, I guess I guess I could really connect to the people of the nineteenth century Edinburgh who <laughs> lived in those conditions all the time. Yeah, and you know, just seeing all those crisp packets and things <laughs> That's and what flyers they had, made me think I've suffered too. <laughs> um, did it? Did it? I was just wondering if it encroached into people's shows though, because there's someone, the ice cream shop man yes, on the cowgate said he yeah. couldn't sell ice cream because <laughs> yeah, it, it smelled too it's bad. So horrible. People don't want to eat ice cream when it stinks of shit. Yeah, would, and, and I just thought, well. Uh, not if you have that attitude. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, no, it felt okay in the venues themselves. Okay. Just sort of when you went outside and you saw, I didn't see any rats, which I actually thought was a big, which I thought was a real achievement, not seeing any rats. Yeah, um, there were rats though, right? The rats were out. I believe they were out. Yeah. Again, there's a couple of streets in the middle of town, and um, and I do love Edinburgh. I want to clarify. There's a couple of streets in the middle of town where it was hard to tell there was a bin strike on. <laughs> there's a couple of venues that that have a permanent um, atmosphere yeah. that, you know, it's sort of hard to tell if people are trying to make a point. Okay, fair enough. And what about... I'm not going to be allowed back now. Okay, but you won't. That's fine. You can, <laughs> you can stay here. Um, you know, maybe, as you say, you, you had somewhere to stay, so it wasn't yeah. quite as bad. But do you, it felt to me, you know, I was trying to process it a lot during the time because I think a lot of it is for me. Is mm. I'm, I'm I'm so I'm older and so like I don't want to be the guy going, 
oh, the fringe was much better in the 80s and 90s when... Or when the bins when, were when collected. The, when, when the bins were collected, I'm sure they were. Uh, but it felt, like, it felt like this year that it was... You'd have to be pretty rich to come yeah. and perform or... Or view the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, I, I, I was really interested. I'd like to know what people thought from like a audience perspective because um, to me it felt really busy and mad and intense and a bit uh, oversaturated, like they're trying to stuff everything in at once. Um, and then also that kind of highlighted how how expensive and sort of untenable it is for most people. Um, and yeah, it was, I think a lot of people this year came away thinking like. The, oh, this, oh, the fringe is weird. It's weird. Why do we do this for a month and have yeah. one day off? Why do we do this mad thing where we spend thousands of pounds? I think the best way to describe the fringe, like as a, a performer, uh, I've I've come up with a great analogy. Um, it's uh, it's like it's like a month long freshers week that is also exam time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just constantly stressed and hungover, and uh, every everything's it's just all it's awful, and yeah. everyone's like. Oh, I mean, no, it's not. It's great, but you know, people think people do come up and 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 your you know non comedian friends. You get the impression they think you're having a having a laugh, um, and it's it's quite hard work. I know it looks like we're all just getting drunk and uh, and we are, but uh, <laughs> you have to you know it's it's very high pressure. Unless you have a, unless you're just chill the whole time, just having a nice. I love Sitting what, back and relaxing. I, I didn't drink, but I um, did not have a particularly nice time. I had two small children yeah. with me, which is a stupid thing. I, I can't, I cannot, I had a couple of friends who had kids with them, and yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it, was, it, was, it was nice going to see shows with them when I could, but my yeah. show was on at a time when most of the kids' shows were on, so that was a bit more difficult for me. But then I, my wife was working at night, so I had to look after the kids at night. If you didn't know is... she was a comedian, that would sound very mysterious. <laughs> my wife's working at night. <laughs> She's got to make the money back somehow. That kind of brings up the um, the, the fringe d- debate. This is all very kind of fringy, but um, the, the 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 Matt Ford incident. Oh yes, we we, we call it. Uh, <laughs> we don't. Um, someone brought a baby into his show, and I don't know if people are aware of this, but it was it was very contentious because then it started this conversation about. Is it okay to have children in shows? I had a couple of kids in my show. On the last day, there was a toddler in with yeah. her parents. Um, <laughs> but it was a bit like, you can't be like, no, you can't come in because they've paid for a ticket and they obviously want to see you. And you, you're like, well, thank you very much. But also, like, this is a very... she was three as well, which is the prime age to be the worst audience yeah. member. She's going to be very bored. <laughs> And now I'm going to be very. Anno- I'm going to look like a monster if I'm if I if I send this woman out. So, did you have any? Uh, I did. In? We did have. Ba- we had a baby in one one day because they. I can't remember which one. It's maybe Ed, the Ed Gamble show. There was a, or maybe Tim. I, there was a cry at a at a point that we could make a joke. I think as a parent, you just if your kids are making a noise, you yeah, have to take them very out. Very small babies. But, I'm not as bothered about because again, yeah, you just take them out. But but toddlers. That's, well, that can't be fun for the toddler. I want... Yeah, well, that's, that's bad. I want... That, but, you know, I can see... You know. Yeah, that's the thing. I can see both sides of it, but I think as a parent, you've got to be responsible and take them out. I once had, like... I think it was Hitler moustache. I once had... Which was, like, sort of in the rat. So there was, like... There were seats to the side of me. It was 150 seats and, like, yeah. 10 of the seats were either side and the front. And I think the entire front rows were taken up with some Spanish 
kids about 13 years old <laughs> who didn't really speak English. And, he was, and that was the worst. <laughs> I mean, it was, A, great, I've sold some tickets. But, but B, it kind of made it really difficult to play. And they, would, they couldn't understand... And I think it was Hitler Moustache, yeah, well, which must have been really... What, what do you think they came away thinking that show was? <laughs> what they thought was good. I mean, you know, this, they're Spanish. They might be thinking, great, this is it's returning. And, oh, he's not really doing much fascist stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was... That, you know, you do, you do kind of get... But I quite, quite enjoy having an inappropriately young yeah, person you in an it. audience because yes, you can mess I mean, around with and when, and when they're old enough because I had a 14 year old in and when they're old enough to kind of enjoy it like my show isn't isn't age in a, a, age in a pro, pro I don't talk about anything that I talk about stuff children might not be care about yeah um, but nothing I don't think that would like traumatise them so it's more like I'm like please don't get bored and look at me like you're bored that's the that's awful <laughs> I don't care if I if I traumatise you with my material but um heaven forfend that I feel like you're not having a good time uh, but you know I had a 14 year old in and I think he liked it although I did immediately ask him his age and he went and he didn't respond and I was like oh yay this is going to be fun um, because that's the only question you ever need to answer from a comedian if, if you just need to say your age <laughs> where you're from and your job and then we'll leave you alone um, so it was a bit yeah it was a bit stressful but, yeah. but I think he liked it Yeah, I didn't want to make him feel you know, I also didn't want to make him feel like I was going. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, it's just kind of you. Kind of you got to you got to talk about it because other people. Sort of, yeah, you sort of have to address it, and you, you, most comedians will have fun with that yeah. situation. I think. It, yeah, if it, I don't know what exactly happened in Matt's show, but it sounds like it was completely disturbing the show. But then, yes, yeah, but I then, mean, you know. I think he's right. To, it's sort of right to say, "Well, take the baby out and come back when it stopped crying." But yeah, don't, no, I think it was like a wedding. I guess yeah. it's like oh, I mean, this is very contentious. You know, children at weddings, people have strong views. Do you take the child out, or I don't know? Do, do people have strong views? Does do, anyone? Well, often people don't want kids at their wedding. It has to be said. Yeah, because it's, it's a reminder of what terrible things are about to happen. <laughs> You don't want them to let them know that they're making the worst mistake <laughs> of their life. The they're giving up their the freedom. You can't go out in Edinburgh at night because you've got to stay in and look after your kids. Um, it's a terrible... It's, a, it's the best thing ever, of course, if my, <laughs> if my kids are listening. Uh, it really is. Um, yeah. I, that, the christening I went to, the girl who was being christened, was like a toddler, so she was running, she could oh. speak. Uh, and she was... But it's sort of charming. She was running around and shouting. Yeah. She had, she'd got some paint on her christening dress. It was kind of quite sweet. Yeah. And, he, and they, were, they were very... Ch- the vicar was very relaxed, unlike Matt Ford. But that's because he's... <laughs> you know, Matt Ford's going to hell and uh, because the vicar knows he's safe. He was very like, this is all fine. Was, she, she was shouting out. I guess that's about her, though, so... Yeah, it was her day. Because I also had a... I want to say he was eight, and I could be wrong. I had an eight-year-old in, okay. and I... And his parents were very nice, and they come from the Netherlands to see me. So I'm very much like, thank you so much for coming. But it was funny because I came up to the venue and I saw them outside, and I just instinctively went, "Is that child coming in?" <laughs> and without thinking, and then his mom said, "Yes, but don't worry, he won't be bored." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, good." <laughs> I was really worried. And he played computer games on his phone the whole time. Right. And it was like, I guess that's fine. Like I can see it in my uh, yeah uh, I don't know but then you don't want to be like don't come ah yeah. oh, it's tricky it's tricky um, but he 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 was very nice afterwards he said I did a great show so yeah. 
He's very confident. He probably got confused between the video yeah, game and you. I think so. He's caught up in his uh, virtual reality. He was fantasy. playing uh, insert game with ginger character. In it. <laughs> Can't think of anyone. Um, Tails. Don't really Tails. Know. <laughs> so. Oh, Tails the fox. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's got that's a ginger. We're... That's a ginger. I'll take it. Crash back. No, no, all right. Uh, I feel like, I feel insulted by that one actually. <laughs> I like to no, but it's not not really pretty, is he? <laughs> I don't know that one, but I'll take it. <laughs> and then I'll Google it later and be very upset. Um, I think he's playing some kind of FIFA football thing. Okay. Can't think of any footballs that I would resemble either. So. Can't think of any ginger football players. Apart from Gavin... Dave Tozer from my from Fairlands Middle School. He, he was Auburn head. Yeah, there you go. He was good at football. Uh, yeah. I know. I don't, there's there's <laughs> yeah, loads of them. Skulls. But, it's, they're, they're but you can't gingers. picture them, can you? No, I can't because no. I've got aphantasia. So, uh, that's, <laughs> I, so that's my... I can't see anything. You know, you kids come out. It's, being, it, it, it's cool to be mentally ill now. Yeah. Not just pretend to be mentally ill like me. I'm very sane. There's no, in our generation of comedians, there were no mentally ill people. <laughs> and now they're all coming out that would work. I do, I do enjoy when, um, when older people, uh, older than you, well, okay. yeah, <laughs> they sort of complain possible? about mental health being a thing now while being obviously quite mentally, <laughs> at least needing therapy. Yeah. And well, you know, every, men of my generation, especially men of my generation, yeah. uh, absolutely all. I mean, the number, but the number who go, who go over the edge oh, yeah. as they get into their 50s yeah. is quite terrible. I mean, we, you know. It's, yeah, it's awful and um, it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. So that's mine. I mean, I'm normal. I just play myself at snooker and have puppets. That is what we're <laughs> Clear stones off a field, and I am fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, I will ask you uh, some emergency questions now. Dun, 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 from my new emergency questions book. I, I overestimated the size of it. <laughs> I thought, I'll cut out all the best ones of the books. I'll probably need a massive A4 book. You didn't have confidence in yourself. You clearly thought I'll need a lot of emergency. Well, you know, by the end, I've been going for ten years. I reckon I can feel that. I've put, look, I've got all the lyrics to "Oh Jesus, I Promised." Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask me what tune do you use for the hymn of "Oh Jesus, I Promised," and I don't know. Yeah, well, you can make up your own one. You can. We did it with the Muppets. It worked quite well. Um, uh, uh, right. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this story, and we'll see if there's an emergency question in this. I, I lost my glasses. I put, last time I went to get glasses, about a year ago, yeah. I got two pairs like this, exactly the same, because oh. you got an offer, but they were quite expensive. Yeah. Within about a month, I lost one of the pairs of glasses yeah. completely. I looked all over the house, and, uh, I looked all, and the other day I went all around the house again looking for them and checked all the mantelpieces and everything, couldn't find them. Uh, yesterday, I came, to, uh, got, <laughs> I came to bed... And the extra pair of glasses were on the tiny bedside table by my bed, right? This this big. <laughs> and I kind of went, what? How is that possible? And it turned out that I hadn't gone mad. My wife had been making the bed and the, the glasses had fallen out. But they still, we made the bed every week for, for 10 months. Yeah. And they were, they were trapped in the bed and they'd, they'd come out there. 
And so I was very relieved to find them again because they're expensive. Um, my first question is, <laughs> what's the weirdest way that you have found something that you thought was lost? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, my God. And it's quite a hard one. That is really hard. Yeah. Uh, I, thought I thought I'd start with a hard one. Uh, it's weird, don't it? That, and then it's, uh, imagine my wife just said, no, I didn't. <laughs> I haven't seen that. They've just... They've been there the whole time, Rich. <laughs> For ten months. Wait, sorry, but you still have the other pair. I've got both pairs. So there's, yeah, so I, I, I had because I would if I hadn't had the other pair, I would have just assumed they were my pair. Yeah. But I had a pair on my head, and then I picked them up. And, went, and I was like, it was like I was in the twilight zone. So <laughs> uh, was it a ghost? It could have been a ghost. Could have been a ghost. That's my theory. Yeah. I, uh, I had, um, I haven't found it again, but I have lost something where like. You just you can't picture how on earth it could be lost, yeah. and you do start to think about parallel dimensions. When 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 I was five, I was in a production of Peter Pan, playing a very non PC uh, Native American character. Uh, I mean, it was just me in a co- it was just a little dress, but yeah. we we shouldn't we shouldn't do that. Weird weird choice for a play. Anyway, uh, it was a ballet thing, and my mum made the costumes, and they were in a bag by the door, and they just disappeared. Like, like, I'm talking disappeared, guys. And maybe someone stole them? But do you, know, do you know when something goes missing and you're like, there's no explanation? Yeah. Like your glasses. My glasses. But then they turned up. They but these up. costumes never turned up. But maybe if you they see. Will. Uh, maybe they'll just be by your bed when you get home tonight. <laughs> now, that would be. Or in the hotel you're staying. Imagine if, if you got into the hotel tonight <laughs> and just laid out on your bed was. In fact, can we arrange? Can we, probably go, can we arrange for that to happen? Because that would be fucking awesome. I just wonder. May I go back to Edinburgh and one day I'll just see a man wandering around, <laughs> whoever nicked them. Just, oh. It'd be great if you could fit into them, but uh, they are for five-year-olds. But yeah. Good. I'm going to ask you. No, I'm just going to say it was easier, but this is still this is a hard question as well. I'm going to ask you hard ones. Why are your emergency questions hard? Because you know it's because they're. You're right. They should be easy because they're <laughs> for an emergency. But yeah, that's not the way I roll. No. If you um, could go into a chrysalis like a caterpillar oh, would. Oh, okay. Uh, dissolve like a caterpillar would, yeah. and then reform and come out of the chrysalis. Yeah. But you get to choose what you come out of Ooh. the chrysalis as. Could be something completely different. It could be you slightly changed. Whatever you want. What would you emerge from the chrysalis as? Uh, uh, me with more confidence. No, that's <laughs> really sad. Um, oh, oh, I don't know. Like an animal or something, maybe a squirrel. You'd... <laughs> no, that's rubbish. <laughs> you said squirrel, and so that's what it. That's uh, psychologically. I don't know. They just you know, get... they have a good time. They have a pretty they good, have a good time. time. They don't have any cares. They got they play with their nuts. Are they too? They've got no predators that I'm aware of. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah. Fo- I mean foxes. I well, guess. I mean any larger animal. Yeah. Will I, mean... them. <laughs> I don't know and why I was so confident sh- about people that. People shoot them. That's embarrassing. Jeremy actually. Paxman shoots them out of his toilet window. <laughs> actually, yeah, my grandpa used to throw stones at them. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> they have a terrible life. <laughs> And then it depends what colour squirrel. Well, you're going to be, you're gonna be red, squirrel. yeah, because this is where we're going. But the I red guess ones, that's the worse. ones that have been wiped out by the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So you'd be, you'd be the worst possible squirrel to be. What does that say about But you'd my... fight back against the grey squirrels. Yeah. And, and oh, no, I think it's <laughs> the metaphor's getting. Uh... The squirrel war. <laughs> it's a little. It's, it's a weird understanding. Um, when we were growing up, there was. My sister always insisted there was an albino squirrel. Like living near us, and she'd be like, "I saw it today," and we'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then I saw it like two years ago. And I was like, "Oh my god, she wasn't lying." 
It can't be it the can't same. It can't be the same. There's probably a family of them. Yeah, there's probably a genetic or thing they... going down the squirrels. Squirrel line. Edinburgh. Or some kind of squirrel origin story where it fell in a vat of something. And I don't know. <laughs> Has anyone here seen an albino squirrel? Yeah, yeah see? It's the famous one in Carshorn. It's the same thing. Is, there's a, see, yeah, there's a, there's born, a famous, famous one, one in Carshorn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that just because there's nothing else in Carshorn? <laughs> And there's a famous... If you go to Carlshaw, never will tell you about the albino squirrel. It's the same thing, though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because... Yeah. yeah. A lot of people go, yeah, you're just making that up for the Carshaw and tourist industry. What if... You've never seen it. You have seen it. What if we, um, what if we Google that Carl Shulton white, white squirrel after this and uh, it comes up with local Carl Shulton man keeps lying about <laughs> pretend albino squirrel? I don't know, it's good. I'm going to go to Carl Shulton now to see if I can see it. So it's worked. <laughs> You've got a pub, have you? Oh, yeah. Who's the... you, you haven't got a pub. It's called the white squirrel. Oh, yeah, I've got. I'm from Carl Shulton. There's an albino squirrel over in a pub there. Don't you come here with your life. <laughs> Sitting here on your own in the second row. You haven't got a pub. What's it called? The Hope. Hope you see a squirrel. I don't know. I'm coming, mate. I'm coming in. I can't go tomorrow. I'm going to come on Wednesday. <laughs> Where's, is Carshalton? I don't even know where Carshalton is. South London. Is it? Oh, it sounds like a pain South in the ass. London. Sounds like a pain in the ass. How's uh, the pub business going down in South London? Is it over after lockdown? Are you surviving? Very well. People haven't given up alcohol. It's almost like it's addictive. Right. It's no. People, I have given up alcohol, so... Do you, what, what non-alcoholic <laughs> beers have you got on tap? Um, I've got a bottle. Bottles. <laughs> um, well done, thank you. I'll, I'll pop down. Um, I'll ask you another question. He's a good one, that guy from the car, Shelton, the old albino squirrel guy. See? He's a, a good guy. Um... So if people see you in Carl Shorten with binoculars, that's why. <laughs> um, I am going to ask you another emergency question, then we're going to get back talking about your wonderful life. <laughs> we haven't got I've that seen, long. We haven't got I've that long to go. I've seen that film. Uh, I don't, I don't cool. know. Well, let me see what... Well, there was one that I was going to ask. I thought, why have I put this in here? I'm going to ask it. Um, what one photo slash song would you send out to aliens in a spacecraft if you could choose any... You can have a photo and a song. You know, they did it with uh, the Voyager spacecraft. They felt it was quite controversial because Carl Sagan, I think, had to choose oh, what yeah. song they put in there. And a lot of, there was a big argument about which song. It's difficult, isn't it? Choose one song. Can I choose a very short video clip? Yeah. Can I put in that time that woman put that cat in the bin? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that really sums up... <laughs> Humanity. humanity, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a warning. Cruel, it? it's, a, it's a warning to but the also aliens. tidy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the aliens would be able to comprehend that it was. Oh, a bad I think thing. I think it transcends language, so? and yeah. Do you think aliens all have bins? <laughs> I think they've got some kind of receptacle. They've got receptacles, and they know you shouldn't put small, smaller alien creatures in. Yeah, them. that's a good, good answer. Yeah. Um, I wonder where she is now. <laughs> Oh, she'll be, she'll be, I'm a celebrity soon, wouldn't she? It's about, uh, it's about her. T- they've, they've all been... Uh, they've all been... Uh, they all come back and they're all allowed to come back and it's fine. Um, <laughs> what is the most right-wing person that you've ever been sexually attracted to? Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's a good question. You, you know... 
I like all like, of I them. Like... I like all of them. I want to <laughs> fuck or be fucked by all of them. Or b- both. I want to be pegged by... Yeah? Uh, Prince William. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess... I guess... Is Prince Harry right-wing? I mean, I don't think I'm going to... I mean, he, was a, he did literally dress up as a Nazi, which is, <laughs> feels pretty right-wing, but... He dressed up as a Nazi and he is from a very posh family, but I feel... I want to clarify, I was not attracted to him as a Nazi. OK. Is it just the red hair? You don't, you're just trying to propagate the <laughs> yeah, red hair? Yeah, you know, you know, we're not dying out, that's a myth, but, um, but we will if we don't get on it, so yeah. we've okay. really got to... Really no, but he is objectively the hottest of the two, of the whole family, I would say. Uh, anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Can you Prin- think of, you can't Princess think of Mike, Princess Michael of Kent was pretty good looking. I mean, maybe not now. I'm not sure if she's still alive now. Who's I mean, some... Lady Diana was nice, but again, oh, not, yes, not, yes. So, not so much yes, now. Yes, no. Uh... <laughs> but still better than most of them now. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's Harry's mum, so that's why. She flirted with me. Did she? Yeah, Wimbledon. Wimble- oh. I was in the Royal Box in Wimbledon. That's not a euphemism. And uh, <laughs> no, I was next to the Royal Box. And because uh, I went out with uh, actress Sally Phillips, who's a, a guest on the show in a couple of weeks, uh, next week. And um, her dad was a famous tennis player, Tim oh. Phillips. So he got good seats at the, bo- the Royal Box. And then I was looking at it was William. He was little then. Oh. It's weird how that happens. And uh, he had loads of hair. Uh, and I was looking over them and she sensed my gaze Ooh. and she turned around and I didn't know what to do. How old were you then? I was like um, 25. Okay, okay. Uh, and uh, so I pulled a face at her went, okay, and yeah. she laughed and then she gave me a really sexy look. Oh, can you do the look even though it's the, You know the look, it was the... It was the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone around, and Sally didn't uh, see any of this. But everyone else around me was laughing. Ooh, and they'd all sit and they're all laughing. Uh, so then I went back to Buckingham Palace and fucked uh, later <laughs> night. <laughs> Not all of the story is true, <laughs> but I reckon I, I reckon I could have if I'd known. It's a hard, what do you think in that situation? If you were Sally Phillips in that situation, and if I said, I sad, "This yeah. is my once in a lifetime opportunity to have sex with Princess Diana, who may die in the next three or four years," <laughs> I could bring her the happiness that she hasn't would you had. You arrive in that, at the palace in a white Fiat Uno. Would, you'd have to let it go. I would, I would. If that was now, and it was my when I was married, and I, Katie would have to say, "You were allowed to go and have sex." Yeah, would I think, that's, I think that's pretty standard. She'd have to who say. Who do you think she would? Oh, she's not allowed to. She's not, she she wouldn't, be, wouldn't be allowed in return. There's no one there. You know, it's, well, if it's Lady Diana. Yeah. And obviously she would have been very into this, obviously, so yeah. it's all fine. But, um, I mean, mm, yeah, yeah, probably fine, yeah. Okay. There you go. Would you have uh, your ex-partner from 25 years ago as a guest on your, uh, your podcast? <laughs> and would you be a bit nervous about that? When it kind of ended quite badly, the relationship. Are you going to break? Are you going to ask that question? I don't know. We'll see. I'm quite scared. Quite scared about what's going to happen. Uh, you do quite a lot of writing as you're a script yes. writer as well. Yes. So is that quite serious? You wrote a uh, is it a play or a TV script about 
Bonnie and Reed? Oh, yeah, sitcom script. Oh, sitcom. Um, no, it was not serious. It wasn't serious. was uh, Anne, Mary Reed and Anne Bonnie, have you heard yeah, of Yeah, I have. That's why yeah. I thought it might be. They're in. I thought um, it might be an historical... Yes, it but was. But I thought it might be serious. historical uh, comedy. It's kind of like a workplace comedy set on a pirate ship. Great. Uh, about being the only women uh, in an office but the office is the pirate ship. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. And it, it, was, it, did, it did as well as it ca- ca- could have done without getting made. Okay. <laughs> by which, I mean, it was optioned several times. Yeah. So I got paid, but it, you know, didn't get made. But um, I, again, I think, like, the videos I make, that kind of worked the best because you just kind of write what you really enjoy. Yeah. And you don't try and second guess what you think people might like. Um and yeah, they they are very cool historical figures. Two female pirates from the 17th century uh, hung out with a couple of other famous pirates, disguised themselves as men, had a fun time. Uh, and then I sort of wrote a very silly script, which is a bit like. And Tiger Watiti can welcome to take notes. Uh, our, our flag means death. Um, so you can't really make it now, okay? Because they'll say, "Well, we've made our flag means death." So yeah. I think there's room for, for two pirates. Two pirates. Well, for, if it was up to me, it would be wall-to-wall <laughs> pirate sitcoms. But, uh, it's quite hard. I've tried to do quite some historical sitcoms, and it's it quite, is. It's, they're hard to get off the ground. They, they really are, because, and that's basically all I want to write, which is a shame, but yeah. um, uh, they're very scared of the expensive, which I get, you know, it's expensive, but I, you, can, you can do it with a set. No one's going to no complain if, if your sitcom is not historically, you know... Like Blackadder was sets, and no one, you know, it, it's we, we can all suspend disbelief. Yeah. We don't have to shoot it on the high seas. So <laughs> I, ca- I, I said desperately to the producer as they turned me away. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, they, they they are though. It's it's funny what what TV will put a lot of money into, and what it's scared to put money into, and how often um, the thing it does put a lot of money into didn't need as much. Money in it? Yeah. I think I've got a point here. <laughs> I don't know. You, it, I, I could watch, you know, like, telly plays. I could watch... If the actors were good and they were just doing it like this, I could watch a sitcom there. Yeah. Yeah. Not this, but... Two people sitting in chairs? Yeah. It could be a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. It's only it's the, the Larry Sanders Friends. show. The Larry yeah, Sanders yeah, show's yeah. done it already, so, you know, it could almost... It could almost people be. have watched it in the past, so... Uh, you never know. But, It yeah. is frustrating writing scripts, though, and it's very, you know, that's... Yes. That's what I... I was just doing, like, one a year, more yeah. or less. And then they're, they're all failing at different stages. I think I got, sli- I got slightly closer yeah. than yours in that we made a 10-minute test. Oh, taste yeah, that tape. counts, yeah. So that's as close as you can get yeah, but without you even be, making a pilot. You want to have lots of different uh, scripts on the go so that they can all fail at different points. Yeah, it's true. Well, <laughs> you that's... feel like you're going... You know, you're always doing something. Um, and did you, have you really written for the Beano? You, you're... I do write for the Beano. Right. I write. I don't know if uh, I don't know if they'll be annoyed that I've mentioned this because uh, because I did mention it in a show once, and then uh, my boss was like, uh, "Don't mention the Beano." Um, so maybe cut this. But okay. I, <laughs> I write. Co- yeah, I, I write content for the Beano. You know, it's on your website that you write for the Beano. It Beano's, is, isn't so. it? It's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> Put this in. Put this in. No, it's, it's, I write, I don't write the Beano. That would be really cool. I write, I write, um, uh, the sort of kids' website. Uh, okay. So quizzes and facts and things. So, okay. which is, I really enjoy doing it. It's a lovely job. Yeah, and you do, you, you Please write. Please don't fire me. You're a program associate, which means you write 
the jokes for yes, lots of panel shows. That's a little behind the scenes fact yeah. there. If you see program associates, it means joke writer, but we want to pretend it's all uh, made up. Yeah. Uh, it's all off the cuff. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, no, I've I've done I've done a lot of, of that kind of stuff, which is fun. I don't in, I think the good thing about writing topical comedy, like news stuff, is is it it kind of um you know, it's like a it's like working out. It's sort of you get you get good at doing it or you get passable at doing those topical jokes as quickly as possible, which is what you need when you're writing a show like that. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, feel, it feels like you're doing training, you know. Um, and I'm really glad Boris Johnson isn't Prime Minister anymore uh, for various reasons. He still is Prime Minister uh. at this exact moment as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I can't write... I still don't think... You don't he, think he's going to go? I don't think he'll go. I, I was very surprised for, when he... For months I've been saying Boris Johnson was to be the Prime Minister when this goes out. If he's still Prime Minister when this goes out, that will be quite impressive. It will. But you know what? If anyone can do it. <laughs> if anyone can refuse to leave. Because you can't get fired as a Prime Minister, can you? Can you? No, you just have to... It, it, doesn't it just depend on you doing the right thing and stepping down? I mean, I think you could stay yeah. in 10 Downing Street and <laughs> I don't know what they would do. Yeah, this is what I mean, and and I think he, he would do that. So, <laughs> how do you get rid of him? Anyway, I'm just Spence I'm glad Percival. I don't have to write any more <laughs> any more um, topical jokes about him. Yeah, for now. For now, he might be back. He could well. I be think back. he will be back. Yeah. Um, and so, are you, are you going to tour your Edinburgh show? That would be nice. Yeah, I I, I had a because it's just finished. I'm sort of in a weird headspace where I don't. Yeah. know what's happening but yes that would be an idea and also my i did craig the tour guide which is one of my characters i did that live and i'd like to do that live again so terrific uh so yeah hopefully. well they're br- they're really brilliant stand-up shows you can see two of them next up which is very well worth subscribing to if you like stand-up yeah. comedy shows because there's a lot of it, again, there's loads of great stuff yeah there's lots of uh, especially up-and-coming comedians there's one of mine on there as well uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've got some old people on there as well uh Oh, are you ever mistaken for Miss Australia 1980? Constantly. Yeah. 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 Um, I also noticed that, because uh, her name is Eleanor Morton, and she's got a Wikipedia page. She and does. I, I noticed when my profile went up a bit, the Wikipedia page got a lot more detailed. <laughs> she was like, I don't know who's Googling me, but uh, I better make it worth their while. <laughs> Bro- brothers are in, sisters are in there. Every, everything you can want to know about her, check her out. She's... I did check her out. I thought, I thought that's who I was booking, to be fair. And uh, I'm quite disappointed the way things have turned. Um, well, look, is, is there anything else coming up that you want to pl- plug? Have you got anything um, um, Probably. Uh, I should have known that you were going to ask this and then remembered. Um, we, I'm, I'm part of Weirdos yes. Collective. Uh, we're going to do another Halloween show. That's going to be very silly and fun. We did. It's, it's called The Envelopes, and we did a version of it at Leicester comedy festival at the start of the year and we got nominated for the award it's, it's very funny very and adam Larter, the uh the creator of weirdos puts a lot of time and far too much money into it so please come and, <laughs> and validate that um and yes hopefully i'll be doing the the show and and if i think of anything else can i tweet you about yeah, it yeah tweet me about it and i'll just <laughs> I will try and do an impression of you. That yes, we'll do. We'll do. just slip it in. Absolutely, yeah. And go, also, I, I... That's it. Also, I'm, I'm in the new Star Trek film. Is that... Are you Miss Australia 1980? <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't know what I'm doing exactly. Uh, I'm glad you weren't uh, sick during the podcast. Me too. And uh, thank you very much for coming. Please give it up for the amazing Ella Morton, ladies and gentlemen. Ella Morton. We'll be back next week. Stay for next week. Stay for us. You have been listening to Rahalastapur with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Eleanor Morton. Thank you to Scant Regard for playing this music. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone from Go Past the Stripe. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre for having us. And thank you for turning the lights on and blinding me during this bit. It was very exciting. Uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production for the internet. Go to GoFastTheStripe.com for more stuff. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. Do come and see me on tour. RichardHerring.com slash gigs is the easiest way to find out where I'm going. And GoFastTheStripe.com. You can buy books and downloads. And just tell your friends about the podcast. If you can't make it to the tour show, if you don't want to buy any products, then every time you listen to an advert, you're helping... Let's make more podcasts with a very, very tiny micro payment. So thank you very much for that. I love you all. It's lovely to meet you on tour, by the way. Hello to everyone who's said hello so far. Do come and say hello after the show if you enjoyed it, if you want to see me. That'd be nice. You can get a selfie. I don't care. I'm a selfie whore. All right. See you soon.